The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the successful thing that writers do, uh, or another way of looking at it is what can writers do to be successful. And we're going to look at a new film that came out on Netflix, uh, I believe... It's like almost a month ago. Um, and my family was watching it together last night, and I was just... There, something happened. <laughs> something happened while my kids were watching this movie, and it made me think about the storytelling process, and I want to share it with you. Uh, I'm not going to give explicit spoilers about this movie. I think you should watch it yourself. Uh, and also, I haven't read the book that it's based on, but that book is called Sort of Like a Rockstar by Matthew Quick. And I feel like whatever Netflix did to this book to adapt it, I loved it. It only got a 6.5 on IMDb. I cannot, for the life of me, understand that rating. But I'm going to tell you why I think that it was awesome. Uh, the reasons why, not story plot wise, uh, because I'm not going to tell you the plot to the story. I'm going to tell you what happened when I watched it with my kids, and I'm going to tell you the thing that I told my kids while we were watching it to help them understand why this movie was so hard for them to watch. Okay, let's dive in. So this movie is called All Together Now, and it's got Awi'i Cravalho in it, and she's playing Amber Appleton, and uh, if you don't know who that is, she's the voice of Moana, and you know, she has really amazing pipes. So, of course, uh, in this movie, the thing is that she's a singer. And so w I was excited to hear her sing, and that was also interesting how they treated that within the film. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I will talk about that. Maybe I won't. But what I want to say is this movie gets an A-plus for inclusion, and the reason why is that it did two things that made me so excited. And, of course, I pointed this out to my kids because, to me, inclusion is so important. And uh, so one of the characters is on the spectrum, but the way that he interacts with the other characters is amazing. And he is funny, he's friendly, and he's caring. And I feel like a lot of depictions of people who are on the spectrum uh, – they don't depict characters as being this way. And the truth is that people who are on the spectrum can definitely be funny and friendly and caring. And if you have anyone in your life who is on the spectrum and you are wanting to see a positive portrayal uh, of this kind of character, I would encourage you to watch this film. It made my heart 
so happy. And then also, there's a character who has physical disabilities. And I was like, yes, be portrayed on the screen. This is so important. And uh, that character wasn't as well fleshed out as the character who was on the spectrum. Uh, but it was really great to see that in film. And also, this uh, film gets a, an A-plus for racial diversity. I also have to do an honorable mention for Justina Machado because she plays Becky Appleton, who is a very complicated character. And the thing about the character of Becky is that she really is trying her best. She's in a really crappy situation, and that situation extends to her daughter, Amber. And I really love the way... Uh, that Justina Machado played this character because it's not one-dimensional. It's not, hey, this is a bad person who's making bad choices. It's like, this is a person in a really horrible situation that's trying to do their best and maybe not living up to the expectations of their daughter. But it's just everything, all the complicated relationships, all the complicated moments uh, were so well thought out I'm not going to lie, I sobbed. I was trying not to sob at the end because the way that they ended the movie uh, was so perfect. And uh, it's just like if I could make a list of all the things I would want to see at the end of the movie, they did everything. And so I was like, yes. And my son was snuggling next to me and he's like, oh, mom, you're crying. Don't cry. It's not that sad. And I said, you know me. I always cry whenever a story is really good. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's true. I did notice that. <laughs> So, um, you know, that's how much I care about storytelling is I will actually get emotional not because I feel sad, but because I feel like, well done, person who's drawn me into this story. You did all the things that I would have wanted you to do. And there's just, there are so many adorable characters in this movie, too. Uh, Fred Armisen plays this teacher who's, oh, he's so fun and everything you would want to see in a teacher and, you know, my kids kept uh, thinking about Kevin from uh, Final Space because he's the voice of Kevin, the droid, the robot or droid, whatever you... What? I don't know. Is Kevin an, a droid or a robot? I don't know. So if you know that, please email me because I'm curious. Um, but there's also... Uh, Carol Burnett is in the film, and I absolutely love her. I have read uh, her most recent... Uh, autobiography. It's amazing and compelling and all the things you would want. So if you want a, a good story from a really strong woman who was basically doing it all before the phrase doing it all even meant anything, you should go read her book. But so she's in it and that was, and she, she didn't play a character that I've really seen her play very often before. So that was interesting to me as well. So this movie basically ticked all the things for me. But what I wanted to talk to you about today is that about 75% of the way through the film, both my son and my youngest daughter, and they're uh, 8 and 11 respectively, they wanted to leave. They got up and they're like, we can't watch this movie anymore. And I was like, wait, what? No, we've invested this much in this story. And they were uncomfortable. And I said, do you know 
that the the reason that you feel uncomfortable right now, by the way, we had to pause it because this was a whole thing. I was like, the reason you feel so uncomfortable right now is because the storyteller did their job and they wanted to make you feel uncomfortable because the things that Amber's character are going through, uh, those are hard. <laughs> those are complicated. And they would make anyone feel sad. Do you feel sad for her? And they're like, yeah, we feel sad. And they're like, but we don't want to feel sad. And I'm like, well, sometimes we need to feel sad in order to understand another person's perspective. And one of the issues in this film that is not going to give away anything is homelessness. And if you have never been homeless, I have never been homeless. I'll just start off with that. I have been uh, extremely poor to where I didn't really have money to buy food. That's a whole nother thing than what being homeless is. And so I told my kids, you know, you have never been homeless. But by watching this movie, it will help you understand how difficult being homeless is and how much help that people need. And it will help give you empathy and compassion for them and so they were like, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, they were a little bit more willing to go through because I said, you know, there are kids in your class who've dealt with this and there are people who you love uh, that have gone through this. So that's one of the ways we learn. I can't imagine what it's like to be one of my kids, but uh, they're always getting lectures on empathy and compassion and why we should try to understand people. Hopefully that's not, hopefully they don't hate me for that later. I can't imagine why they would, but we'll see. And so they both were like over it. And even though I was trying to convince them, this is something you need to watch because this is an important issue. And look, the storyteller has done a good job of telling you this story so far to the point where you feel so uncomfortable you want to leave the room. And they're both just kind of looking at me. And my daughter's like, oh, this is so hard to watch. And I'm like, listen, it's hard to watch. Because the person who made this story wants it to be hard for you to watch. And I was like, but you know what? They've done what they wanted to do so far. So I think that we should trust the storyteller to get us the rest of the way through this story. And they both kind of looked at me. And I think, you know, it could have been one of two things that happened. Either they realized that what I was saying was true and that we could trust the storyteller because the storyteller proved to us that we could trust them, uh, and it, that could be a singular them, or they realized I wasn't going to let them leave the room just because they didn't like this part of the story. And I don't know which one of those is more likely, um, but the, it was important to me that they stay all the way through. And we watched it, and I said, there, you know, at the end. I was like, we trusted the storyteller. Was it worth it? And they said, yes. I was like, was the ending what you wanted? And they said, yes. And, you know, of course, me, I'm trying not to sob again because the ending was so satisfying and it was such a good and important story. And the acting was superb. Really well done, everybody. Uh, good on you, Netflix, for doing this film, which was not something that was easy to do. And also very unexpected. Uh, when it began, I said, so kids, have you ever seen a story that starts with a teenager living on a bus? And they're like, no. And I was like, me neither. And at that point, I was really willing to go on this ride with the creative people who thought of all this, including the writer, Matthew Quick. I, I'm interested, actually, to read this book now because I want to know how much of it was in the book and how much of it was the, the adaption 
that I liked and that I felt was so successful. But this is the thing, okay? When you are good at your job as a writer, when you are successful as a storyteller to the point where people trust you to get them the rest of the way through the story, that means that you have made the viewer, reader, whatever, audience member feel the way that you wanted them to feel. And the storyteller of this film made my kids and me and my husband feel the way that they wanted us to feel because we were upset, we cared about Amber, we could see that Amber wasn't really making a a good choice, but we could understand why, uh, given the circumstances of her really rough situation. And that is good writing. That is what we should strive for. And do you know how we get there? We use expensive words. That is the whole point of this podcast is to use words that are born out of things like being homeless or not having the money to buy food or losing your parent. And all of these things were coming together in this film in such a real way that I know that the people who worked on this film have experienced these things because it was so real or they did really great interviews. I mean, everything felt the way that it should feel. Uh, even down to the displays of alcoholism and uh, bitterness after a lonely life and just everything. And it was full of expensive words. And that created a perfect swirl of storytelling emotions for my family and I to enter into. And if you are someone who makes stories for kids, kids get it. Okay, my kids were very touched by this film and these adult ideas and they have lost someone very close to them. And I could tell that that was one of the things that was really resonating with them. So, you know, if you can be brave, use expensive words to do the thing that will make you a successful writer, which is to make the reader feel for better or for worse the way that you want them to feel. And then I will say to you, you are a successful storyteller. And that's what we're working toward, isn't it? I mean, that's what I'm working toward. And if you are working toward that, I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. And I'm glad that we're on this journey together. But please be brave and be a storyteller that a family of five can trust to get to the end of the story. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.